You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. This episode of Travel Talk Weekly is brought to you by Vivint Smart Home. Who watches your home while you're away? The holidays are some of the busiest times of the year when it comes to travel. Unfortunately, it's also the favorite time of the year for criminals. Stealing packages that have been delivered to your home is so common, there's even a name for them, and they're called porch pirates. If the only kind of pirate you want to encounter are the Disney versions, now's the time to make sure that your home and your family are protected by Vivint Smart Home. Prior to travel, I had a background in the home security industry, and Carrie and I trust our home to Vivint. From a ring doorbell to protect our packages getting delivered to our electronic lock that we can operate remotely, and even our Nest thermostat, and the device that pulls it all together, Google Home. Which I do have to admit, there's not a day that goes by that I don't ask her a question. To learn more about how to secure your home or condo, go to TravelSmartHome.com. Or for a quicker response to your questions, call 866 866- 207-5844. That's 866-207-5844. And tell them Robin Carey sent you. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Travel Talk Weekly, show number seven. Original air date, November 26th, 2019. That would make this our Thanksgiving edition and part two of our two-part episode, Sailing with Star Clippers. This week, we pick up where we left off, Corfu, Greece, and our only sea day, on this 10-night cruise from Venice to Rome. This was the day to explore the ship, help the crew at the lines and the sails, and visit Captain Bruno on the bridge. Our cruise director, Lydia, literally, I think she's probably one of the best we've ever had. She was fantastic. If you're listening to this during the week that it aired, we are on our 30th cruise right now. We are sailing with Windstar, a seven-night cruise from San Juan, Puerto Rico. It's a luxury cruise line taking us to the Southern Caribbean, and we'll cover this cruise in depth on a later episode. Before we dive into the next port stops, here's a little more information about the onboard experience on Royal Clipper. So I guess we're going to start with the food. The food is definitely an important part of any vacation. I would agree. And especially when you're on a cruise. Now, what was really unique about this particular cruise ship was there's only one dining area. That's pretty much it. Because it is a small ship experience. It is. Now, there was really great variety, but I would say this is not going to be like your typical cruise food. I would agree. It's not a big bin full of hot dogs and stuff like that. It's going to be more European style. Exactly. So for breakfast, they generally would have a really nice buffet spread with lots of variety that you could enjoy. Because again, there's a lot of international you passengers. Like, you love the meat and cheese varieties in the morning. Yeah. And so you know, not they, typical breakfast food. Not the typical breakfast food, but it was great. And then the same thing, usually because you're on a port stop during the day, lunch isn't formally served, but they do put out some food for lunch if you wanted to go back to the ship and eat there. You're not going to go hungry, but don't expect a giant buffet because that's just not their style. And then in the afternoon, they would usually have snacks when we return to get on board. If it were like a late afternoon return time of like maybe four or five, they would have like some cookies, some fruit, you know, just like little appetizers sometimes. 
And that was kind of that was kind of nice just to grab a little quick snack. I liked that for dinner they would sit you with people who speak the same language because this was a very diverse group of people. They did the announcements in like four or five different languages. I remember German was one of the main ones. Yep. And so they wanted to know, okay, so you're English speaking. We're going to sit you with other people that speak English, which I've never experienced on any other cruise line before. And dinners were a plated meal. And so you would order off like a preset menu. It you know includes everything from your appetizers to soup, salad, main dish, and dessert. So dinner definitely was a nice time to reconnect with the passengers that you've been sailing with every evening. And it was nice because we sat with different people a lot. And sometimes there were different excursions you could choose from. And so you would talk about your experience and maybe your table mates did something else. So it was nice to get to hear about the things that we didn't do and also share the things that we did. And dinner in general was usually not a ultra casual, like men were to wear pants. And so this wasn't like on some cruise ships, you can just show up to the dining and be in shorts and flip flops and super cash. So this definitely, again, yacht casual, but dinner was kind of a nice time to hang out with the passengers. One of the things that kind of struck me is that this wasn't like a first cruise for a lot of people. Not only had people cruised with you know, Star Clippers before, but they had done other cruises. You know, like I would say one of the main lines, like a Carnival, Norwegian, or a Royal, when you go on the really big ships, and then you kind of move towards the the smaller, more intimate cruises like Star Clippers. Now, as far as during the day, if you're wondering, well, can I get a snack? How does that work? They do have just like a bowl of fruit, kind of basic stuff and a coffee station that you can access pretty much anytime. But there are two bars. They're not open like 24-7 though. They're definitely designed to be open when the passengers are on board. So you won't have problems if you like to enjoy maybe a mimosa in the morning or a cocktail. Did you um, say in, mimosa in the morning? I did. <laughs> but there's two bars. One was the main bar, and that's where everybody hung out. And then there was a secondary bar that usually there wasn't very many people over there. Well, because the main bar was on kind of an open air deck. It had like a you know a deck above it, but it was open air. It wasn't an inside bar. And then the second one was definitely an upstairs one outside by the pool area. The main bar is where everyone would hang out throughout the cruise. It was kind of the, the central meeting place. And that brings us to the entertainment on board, because in the evenings, this is where the entertainment for the most part happened. Now, we happened to be really lucky because we were on a special sailing and there was a very famous pianist on board. And we became friends with him. He let us take some video of him playing the piano. His name is Emil Pandolfi, and he does a cruise every year with another travel agent friend of ours. And I still cannot believe it's been, you know, over four years since we were on that cruise. And I still remember it like it was today. What was great was he put on basically two mini concerts and everybody gathered around the piano in the main atrium area. And we all just enjoyed and listened to his music. That was really cool. And he gave us a CD. He did. And then um, a couple of the other nights, they had brought on onboard entertainment. So, for example, when we were in Dubrovnik, there was a little band that came on that was local, and they entertained us before we sailed away. So they, like, got on, got off. And they came on, entertained, and got off the ship. They probably would have loved to have cruised with us. Yes, they would have. 
Then we also had on the sea day, there were some fun games and stuff to play up on deck that the cruise director had put together. And on some of the other nights, it was just the passengers getting together at the closing. There was a slideshow presentation. I mean, they definitely try to put some entertainment, but you're not going to get those Broadway style shows and all that kind of entertainment. I'm this okay is more, with that. Yeah, this is more small ship entertainment. Laid back, luxury, casual, very relaxing. It was, I mean, again, it's a sailing ship, but don't worry if there's no wind, they do have a, a couple of engines that can drive the ship. Well, one of the cool things is the sailing portion of the ship. And as part of some of the things to do, they have like kind of these little mini classes where you can learn how to tie the lines, brush up on making knots, raise the sails. That was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> that was, no, they have, but you know, you don't have to do that. If you want, you can just go lay in the bowsprit. And if you don't know what the bowsprit is, it's at the front of the ship, there's like a big net that's right over the water. And you can literally just go and lay down in and there. And we did. And we did. I think most people did. I think most everybody did, because that was pretty cool. It was best, you grab an adult beverage and just lay there. It's kind of like a hammock. And yeah. just see the, the water passing by. A couple times we saw dolphins. For some reason, dolphins really love that ship. <laughs> I know, right? And, of course, you can climb the mast, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. We got to go hang out with Captain Bruno in the bridge. So they have an open bridge policy. Now, you can't just kind of run in and go, hey, I want to steer the ship. But if you ask them, they will bring you onto the bridge and talk to you about navigation and the equipment they use and things like that. And I found that to be... A totally different experience. We've been on the bridge of, of a lot of the ships we go on because we're filming. And this was just a small, intimate little area. There are some bridges that are bigger than our condo. Yeah. And this was not the case. Yep. Very, very small. But that's kind of a neat experience, especially if you were into sailing and all that nautical stuff. This was really kind of cool. For the most part, on Royal Clipper, on this particular cruise, you're traveling at night and you are in port during the day. So it's very similar if you've ever been on a river cruise. Very similar. It is. I enjoyed that because, you know, during the day, you know, you're going to be doing stuff. And I really like that we only had one sea day. So it's like every night you were preparing for the next day's port stops. You know, they had talks about the different things to do and, you know, which, you know, how do we choose this excursion over that excursion? So in that respect, I do like having almost no sea days. Once you've been on a Star Clipper cruise, you definitely will want to go back. I, I do. I, I want to go back. Oh, that, we're definitely going to be going back. Did I tell you back. I want to go back? Yes, you did. One of the, the things that impressed me the most was on the first day when we were all kind of gathered and they do the safety drills and all that kind of stuff. With champagne. Yeah, With champagne. <laughs> Lydia asked um, who had sailed with Star Clippers before, and it was over half. I was that I've never ever I mean seen I was looking around percentage. going whoa it's like oh my gosh we're the rookies here yep there were so many repeat customers and that says a lot about a cruise line and in particular because this was you know an Adriatic Mediterranean Sea cruise a lot of the guests were from Europe yep half the ship at least and the funny thing is we're still friends with some of them I would say on social media but it was just neat meeting all the different types of people and hearing all the different accents. That was fun. Yeah, that was kind of cool. On most cruises, there are multiple sea days, even if it's a seven-night cruise. And on this particular sailing, we had gone to five port stops in a row without a sea day. So we finally are leaving Corfu, Greece, and we are headed over to Taormina. And this was our sea day. So we have, a, you know, we have, we have a good day. That's the day where it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Well, there's some of the obvious things like hang out on deck, read a book, sit by the pool, go in the pool, um, explore parts of the ship, 
talk to the captain. Untie the knots that you tied the day before. Untie the knots. <laughs> but one of the coolest things that you can do, and they only do this a couple times during the cruise, is you can climb the mast. I'm very impressed we both did it. I mean, you know, they hook you up with safety lines and things like that, but it can be a little bit intimidating. I remember one of the, the ladies, she was there with her husband, and she was so scared. She'd been on Star Clippers before and did not climb the mast. And she said, I'm doing it this time. And I just loved that once she did it, the entire ship started cheering for her and clapping. It, it really became, you know, by this time, you know, it's our sixth day on the cruise. And you really got to know people. It felt like a, an intimate kind of a family cruise. And what was fun was you climb up to the top of the mast, and it is, I mean, the views up there are incredible. And there's a little, I don't know what you call it, observation thing up there. Yeah, there's the kind of like, nest. there's the crow's nest. And it'll fit maybe two or three people. Yep. And so sometimes you'd be up there with a couple other people before you went down. And we took pictures up there, which is cool. And we GoPro'd, I think we GoPro'd you climbing the mast. Yes. And... Just the views up there are awesome. Now, you do have to sign up for this. There is no fee, so that's kind of nice. They just need to know how many people are going to do it, so they need to know how long they need to staff it, basically. Exactly. And you need to have closed-toed shoes. That's very, very important. I would and say for any cruise, for always any have. Cruise, you know, always. You, you never know. Walking around some of these these cities, these port stops, they were built you know, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. You might not have the most even pavement, or what I like to say, cobblestones. <laughs> very, very true. The sea day, though, was super relaxing. I mean, our cruise director, she would get up and hold an exercise class every day. I have and no I, idea what that, what does that word mean? <laughs> exercise. I do not understand that. <laughs> you should look that up, honey. It's good for you. I have Wikipedia. I think I will. But it was probably one of the most relaxing days that we've had on a sea day because I didn't feel like we had to do tons of stuff because there's not a lot of shows to hit. There's not... Sometimes on the big cruise ships, it's like, okay, we want to go and ride the go-karts, and then we're going to hop in the pool, and then we're going to do zip lining, and then we're going to do this and this, and depending upon which cruise line you're on, but mm -hmm. they're all getting so popular with all these activities. This was perfect and so quiet because we were sailing. And I remember that the library, they had a library, that was the only place we could even remotely get some type of internet signal. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That Again, was... it was, you know, over four years ago, back in 2015. And and we weren't probably as active on social media as we are now. Now, if you can't get a signal, people just freak out. So our sea day gets us over to one of the most beautiful places that we have visited in Italy. And that is Taormina. So Taormina is one of those places where you go there and you say, oh my gosh, I really want to live here but your wallet totally disagrees with you. You can't afford this place. This is not the city that you can afford. I remember one of the other passengers, they were seriously looking at real estate and we're like, we'll come visit. Oh yeah, well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll come and clean the place. I'll sweep the front porch. I will definitely be your little, your houseboy. <laughs> and because we were a smaller ship, we were able to visit Taormina directly below where this city is because it's set up on a hill. If you're on a regular cruise ship, you can go to Taormina, but you're usually docking in Messina, and then you have to take a bus, take the bus all ride. the way uh -huh. over, Exactly, and it is not close. So that was a real treat. And in the morning, most all the passengers got off the ship. So what did you and I do? There were you know maybe 176 people on this cruise, so it wasn't crowded. But we did learn our lessons. Like everybody wants to get on the tender. They want to get in. They want to get off the ship. And we'll just kind of hang out and perhaps enjoy the swim platform or the marina deck, as they call it, off the back of the ship. 
And in the morning, this was probably some of my favorite footage and photos that we that we took on this trip because it was super quiet. And they had all of the rafts that where you can just kind of lay out on the raft behind the open clamshell. Yeah, what they do is off of the swim platform, they will tie some like just floating rafts, but they'll tie them off. So you can just kind of jump in the water and lay on the raft without worrying about floating away into the Mediterranean. And so um, all of those were out there. There was not a soul in the water. And you look up and right there, views of Mount Etna. So you could literally, that was impressive. You could literally just go lay on one of those rafts and look at Mount Etna. And this is also a really good day because everyone had gotten off the ship early where we just kind of filmed different areas of the ship, which is a lot easier to do when most of the people are not on board. And so if you'd like to see some of that, that we definitely have a link to the video in the description of this show. But Taormina was a real treat, as I mentioned. We went up, I remember walking up there because you take a taxi to get to the little you know, area where Tarmin is. Because it's high up on the hill. Yeah, you're not going to want to walk that. No. And we stopped in one place. And we again, we were, we were like tourists, just sightseeing. We stopped in one place. And after like 10 or 15 minutes of, okay, is there a waitress going to be here or not? We left and went to a different place and ran into some other people that were on our ship. So we had a nice drink with them. And from that, where we were sitting outside having that drink, you could see where our ship was docked. And it was an amazing view. And that's where they said, you know, I think we should buy a place here. I said, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Because, <laughs> you know, we'd like to have friends that own a place in Taormina. Yes, we would. So we just walked around the city up there and saw some of the sites. You know, you got your typical churches. The biggest thing about Taormina are the views. We did eventually find a place and we grabbed a table and sat outside and enjoyed some authentic Sicilian pizza. Definitely. And we were, it was in a tiny little out of the way place. Definitely not touristy, although technically by their standards, it probably was. And I remember there was a garage. They like they opened up these little doors and a car. I don't know even how, like one person had to get out of the car because there's no way you could open doors on both sides. It was the tiniest little car in the tiniest little garage I've ever seen. I was very impressed that they could actually park it. But we, we, we actually, were so we, impressed. We took pictures of we it. We did. So we were, we were just sitting there waiting for We're like, there's no way they're going to fit in that garage. There's no way. But that's how the people live in Taormina. And there's not a lot of space. There's not a lot of space. And this was a tiny little car. That was pretty cool. And then we went over to um, the Greek theater, which has been around for like 2000 years and still is in use. Like they were setting up for a production that night. So you can tour the ancient Greek theater for a small fee. I can't remember what the admission was. I don't remember either. A couple bucks. I don't know. Yeah. And we just did a self-guided tour walked around, saw all the different places, and they were setting up for a production. But the views from this theater look directly over to Mount Etna. So when the Greeks built it thousands of years ago, they definitely did that with the mountain in mind. And some, I guess, probably, what was that word you used? Exercisey people? Yes. Actually hiked up Mount Etna. Yeah, that's an excursion that you can do here. And if you're into that, then by all means, do it. Just make sure that you dress in layers because it was really warm where we were. But up on Mount Etna, it's because it's so high. It was very, very cool. And we found that out because we went to dinner with some people that had hiked it. And they were telling us that exact story. So we wrapped up our day in Taormina grabbing some, I think we grabbed some gelato. And then we grabbed a cab, headed back down to the ship and got on board, enjoyed some of those little welcome back snacks. And then they played some opera music as they raised the sails and we left Taormina. And we call that another photo op. Yes, that was a huge photo op for all of those people up on the hill looking at us sail away. 
This city is so amazing that Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits did a song called The Lights of Taormina, which I didn't know about, but our friends from the UK were there, and they were telling us all about this. I'm like, I've never heard that song. And then we heard it about 50 million times. Yes, we did. <laughs> they were very, very much wanting to share that with us. He kept playing it on his phone. Yes. <laughs> it was kind of fun, though. And now I can play it back in my head without listening to it. <laughs> we now have turned north and are headed back en route to Rome with a few more stops on the way. So here's a description from their website. Barreling under full sail through the narrow strait of Messina past the Scylla and Charybdis. If Scylla and Charybdis sounds familiar, you can thank Sting, or at least the police, not the actual police, but the music group. It would probably make more sense if we just play the sound clip. The next morning, we, we awoke coming into Sorrento. Located on the world-famous Amalfi Coast and overlooking the Bay of Naples, Sorrento is a truly beautiful place whose city walls seem to rise right out of the water. And this is a port where we chose to do the excursion to Pompeii. And that definitely was a long day of walking around, but we were prepared. If you travel to that part of Italy and you don't go to Pompeii, I would be very disappointed because that's one of the most important archaeological and cultural sites in the world. You will learn a lot. And it was a very, very good tour. And the views just getting there because you do have to take a bus ride up. The views are spectacular. Again, this is the Amalfi Coast. This is a very romantic part of Italy. And Sorrento, it's not like going into Naples, which I think is a little nasty, and then going to Pompeii. You were scared of Naples, admit it. <laughs> I am. And then it's more, you go into this beautiful little town, take a bus, and you go up to Pompeii, and then you come back to Sorrento. I have no idea how those bus drivers can navigate those windy roads going you know, back and forth. Yeah. That was crazy. It was pretty crazy. And to me, it was really impressive just how advanced the city of Pompeii really was. For those of you who don't know, this Pompeii was completely buried in ash in the year 79 AD when Mount Vesuvius erupted. And again, this is definitely a do not miss Pompeii when you're in this part of Italy. And Lydia had been there many times. So she's like, yeah, I've, I've seen Pompeii a million times. Come meet me afterwards. While we were waiting for Lydia, we found this little outdoor bar right at the intersection of where three roads come together. And this is right outside where the tender dropped us off. And we, you know, hiked up and we're just sitting kind of at this main hub in Sorrento. And it was just really cool to sit there. It was and fun because watch. also um, the family from the UK was sitting next to us. And it, this, this is kind of the point where the cell phone service was not that good on the ship. And so the mom and dad, the son and daughter were all sitting there on their phones at the same time. It turned out to be a great photo opportunity for us. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember we, I still have that picture of them just all four looking down at their phones. I'm like, guys, you're in Sorrento. Just take in everything going on around. But it was funny. It actually was pretty funny. And then we showed them the picture and they laughed. They laughed and then they were like, you know what? We should probably put our phones away. <laughs> so we meet up with Lydia and she takes us to one of her favorite pizza places that's there in Sorrento. And that's Pizzeria de Franco. Lydia kept bragging about this pizza place that all the locals go to. Also the cruise from all the different cruise lines, because this is a very popular port, not just for Star Clippers, but a lot of cruise lines go there. Yeah. So again, it's Pizzeria de Franco, and it did not disappoint. It was kind of weird that hanging from the ceiling all over the place were hams. We got a picture of her just pointing at the hams and smiling. Uh, we later found out that that's the ham. They use that for the prosciutto for the pizzas. And I got some prosciutto on my pizza there. You did. And this was old school, kind of like a you know, coal-fired oven. 
Um, yeah, I remember you went back and and wanted to check out their their pizza oven. I was oven. Just like, let me take a picture because yep. you know, I am a a pizza connoisseur. <laughs> you do like your pizza. Fun experience. We've sent a lot of people to this particular restaurant have, yeah. because it's different, and I really enjoyed sitting out on the sidewalk, eating our pizza, and just watching the crowds. Like all, and they were seriously local people. Yeah. These were not like we had a little, tourists. We had a little stand-up table on the sidewalk and just had a piece of pizza and a drink or two. And then before, as we're walking back to the ship, we're like, well, we need to get some gelato. Yeah, and that's what you do. fantastic. Yep, enjoyed some gelato, headed back to the ship, and we probably left, I would say, again, it's later. So it was probably like around maybe like nine o'clock. Yeah, I remember night. it was dark. Yeah, it was definitely dark. One of the benefits of being on a small ship, you don't have to leave during daylight, like at six or you know, five o'clock, which is when they usually do. I don't remember the exact time because I was high on pizza at that point. (laughs) I mean, fresh out of the oven with not the normal ingredients. Like again, you don't order pepperoni over there because they don't know what that is. They think it's just a pepper. So we have one more stop before we head back to Rome and the cruise is over. And it's actually kind of like a little bit of a split day stop. And that is when we went to Panza and Palmarole. These are two places that you usually don't go to on a regular cruise. The big ships. The big ships definitely don't go there. Here's their description. The pastel houses of Ponza rise in neat terrace rows from the busy harbor where sleekly groomed yachts and ramshackle fishing boats more side by side. Happily, there are few tourists here, so it's a delight to wander through the unspoiled town. Again, that's their words, not mine. I don't really talk like that. I don't talk like a a brochure, but it was nice to just relax. Again, this is a very relaxing day. Yeah, this one was definitely not any touristy type of a stop. It was kind of like a half day stop because we were going to be doing stuff in the afternoon. And we got off and just went and had a lunch and just enjoyed. There were tons of fishing boats. That was pretty neat. And you could have done like a little short tour if you wanted to. But this was neat just to kind of walk around. I know a lot of the other passengers did some souvenir shopping here. Yeah. Again, this is not a place that you're normally well. going to we go. Have a magnet we do. We have a magnet <laughs> to commemorate that. After Ponza, we went up and sailed up to Palmarola and just explored there, kind of by boat. This one was 100% by boat. And I did not even know what this place was when we originally had received our itinerary. I'm like, where where is this? Like, what are we going to do in this area? Pretty much, this is just a whole bunch of really cool places to get to by water. This was not a get-off-the-ship stop. This was, we're going to be in this particular area. It's close to Ponza. And what they would do is they took the tender boats, and we would all get on the tender boats, and they would drive us around to show us different places. To show us all these different places, these little grottos, things that you would never see. I remember the water was beautiful. It was like this beautiful, beautiful blue. Crystal clear blue. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was a little rocky. I will say that this was not the go out and swim and no, it would we be were really relaxed. We were not getting off the boat. And what was really neat, though, is after we went and we toured around all these little cool places by boat, as we're coming back, the ship has all the sails up. And they were like, get ready for your best ship photos. And we, and were, we like, were. And we were. Oh, no, prepared. we were definitely prepared. And it was unexpected. And a lot of the crew members were on the... What do you call it? The bow? Well, the little pole that hangs out in front that holds the bow spread. I don't know what you call it. But they were hanging on the, the bow of the ship. The, but it is. I don't know what it is. I would call it the unicorn of the ship. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good description. But what was neat was they were all dressed in their 
white uniforms. They're dressed whites. Mm -hmm. And they were prepared for us to all take pictures. And then what happened after that is the tender boat started doing 360s around Royal Clipper so that we could get tons of pictures and video. And the lighting at this time of day was really, really nice. It was probably like around 4.35 o'clock. All the sails were up. And just that contract with the beautiful blue water and then the white sails and then all of the crew just standing out there was really cool. We'll post a picture of this in our Instagram because it was this was like super, super impressive. And from what I understand, this is something that they do on all of the Star Clippers fleet. It's a Star Clippers thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. And then that night they did a special end of the cruise evening where everybody got together and they had a little slideshow that they had prepared. And it was just kind of a nice way to kind of say goodbye to the fellow passengers and enjoy one last cocktail before we were getting kicked off the next morning. Did you say one last cocktail? Yes. Did you mean cocktails? No, just one. Just one? Okay, good. The next day we sailed into Civitavecchia, which is the port for Rome. I am very proud to say we were actually the last two guests to leave the ship. Yeah, 100% the last two. We still had a little bit of wine from our little excursion in Corfu. So we had a couple glasses of wine with Lydia. Really bad wine, but it was fun. <laughs> it was the experience. It was the, ex- it was the experience. It's not about the taste. It's about pulling up to some stranger's porch and buying <laughs> a bottle of wine that has no label on it. I'll say this is probably one of the hardest ships to leave. Usually by the end of a cruise, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm exhausted. I'm ready to go home. This one felt like I was leaving family. Now, we did spend one more night in Rome. We did. We stayed at the Westin Excelsior. When you do cruise out of Rome... Um, and you are going out of Civitavecchia, that's where your ship is, that is still a distance to get to the airport. And so sometimes it's nice to not have to rush and get off the ship and kind of stress about getting to the airport in time. So we chose to stay one extra night. And we had a car service, so that was nice. We had a, a town car pick us up and take us to our hotel in Rome. And then we had a really nice dinner sitting outside on the sidewalk at the Western Excelsior. It was a nice way to kind of close close off the cruise and just you know, kind of pause, reflect on this awesome trip that we had just been on. And you can take this exact cruise like we did from Venice to Rome, or you can do the reverse and sail from Rome to Venice. And for the most part, this runs, I think, you know, spring, summer, and fall, obviously not the winter, because they do bring, you know, Star Clippers does bring its fleet over to the Caribbean for the winter. Pricing for this cruise for a 10-night sailing was very, very reasonable. You can take this trip for under 3000 per person. Keep in mind that Star Clippers also does the special sales for the single supplements where there is no single supplement. So if you're a solo traveler, this would definitely be a great value. If a Star Clipper cruise sounds like a cruise that would be ideal for your next vacation, definitely reach out to us and we can help you out. You can send an email to rob at traveltalkweekly.com and we will uh, let you know what your options are. They have a really good fleet and I can't wait to get back on Royal Clipper or one of their other smaller ships. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving week. But before you go, remember this. It's a great, big, beautiful world. Get out there and see it. Until next time, never stop exploring.